0: It's brilliant to be with you. Uh, it's great to have the youth in the room. Give me a shout, youth. Amazing. I'm told last week the youth there was in the youth there was a whole 18 youth, which is outstanding. Um, when I like to do the youth, uh, I like to break all the rules preset by uh, by Ben and Debs. Um They say things like no sugary snacks. I buy as many as I can, and um, I've been trying to give uh, your Youth chocolate. uh, Every time that we meet, and uh, I've trying to been building up this league table of um, the finest chocolatey treats. And I thought this morning I might involve you in that. Um, And so I want to ask Caleb to take care of this side of the room. Joe's going to go to this side of the room. What you'll be given uh, at the end of each row will be given a, a bag of chocolate. I want you to open that if you're on the end of the row. Take a chocolate out, eat it. Pass the bag down the row, you'll also be given a post-it note. What I need you to do is find a pen and I need you to rate that chocolate that you put in your mouth out of ten. And please, uh, if you're on the unfortunate side of the room, which is you guys, um, unfortunately you're going to get the mint arrow, Um, so uh, please do say mint on it. Mint and then the score. I know mint is also a Mancunian word for great, but uh, what I want you to do is uh, write mint and the score out of ten. Some of our youth like to do it to multiple decimal places. You can just do a single figure out of ten. So thank you Joe, thank you Caleb, so please do be enjoying your treats. While we do that, let me just take you through the league table as it stands. I thought you might be interested to be up to date. In fourth place currently is, um, is well, it's one of our leader's favourite. Uh, Janet's favourite is uh, the Cabris Curly Whirly Swirly, but unfortunately with a, a score of only 6.71 out of 10, it came bottom of the table on fourth. Uh, into third place, Third place is the classic, the swirl, uh, twirl bites from Cabras again. Uh, it's done better at 7.26, let's go up again to second, into second place these are popular, these are the, the Cadbury's Caramel Nibbles. Uh, they are 7.3 out of 10. And in top place, it's very controversial, but in first place, this is this is going to separate the crowd, I believe. But so far on the league table, uh, first place goes to the Cadbury's Chocolate Orange Giant Buttons. Uh, let me get a, a hand show in the room, if that would have come first for you. Some people are with me. Okay. So, simmer down, enjoy your chocolate. And while I tell you what on earth has a chocolate league table got to do with Hebrews chapter 2, which is where we're going to base ourselves today, get your Bibles out, Hebrews chapter 2. Let me just uh, explain. Let's talk, shall we? Quiet down for me. I made a huge mistake of giving out chocolate and then expecting silence. See, uh, Hebrews chapter 2 is going to take us into the league table for the Jews. The Jews had their own league table. It's not a chocolate one, just so you know. In fact, I find it mad to believe that Jesus never... Chocolate. I just, I, I, he got through his whole 33 years on earth and never tried chocolate, not because it was banned by the Jews, but because it wasn't widely distributed outside of South America at that point in history. But um, anyway, well off the point, the Jews had their own league table, and here it is. Would you show it to us? There it is. I hope you can read that. It's a small print, but let me get to it. Um, uh, first of all, you've got God at the top. He is the creator. He's all-powerful. He's the sustainer of the universe. He's immortal. He cannot die. He is top of the pops. And then into second place, you get angels. They are way less powerful. They cannot create stuff. They are created beings, but they cannot die unless God takes them out big time. Um, and um, and they cannot sin. So they are good. They are 2nd firmly in second place and then thirdly that's us we're not so good we are created beings we are pretty much powerless we sin we die and we are firmly bottom of the league if you had a set of top trumps we are the worst card the one you don't want we are not good and in Hebrews chapter 1 the writer has been telling us some serious things about Jesus he said that Jesus uh, like The stuff he's going to say about Jesus is going like, to blow the minds of everybody that is hearing it. He says Jesus, although he's human, is better than the angels. He's saying Jesus, although he should be in third, has jumped past second and finds himself equal first. He is equal with God. They have got the same glory. They uphold and sustain all things. He cleans away sin. He sits in heaven. He does the stuff that God does. He, uh, all that God is, Jesus is, they're almost like a mirror image of each other. And that is one heck of a big deal. How can it be that Jesus, who was born a human, flesh and blood... Got born, wore nappies, that's true. Went to school, got a job. He gets tired if he doesn't have enough sleep. He gets hungry if he doesn't eat enough food. He goes to the toilet, he does ones and he does twos on a regular basis. (laughs) He bleeds if he falls. He feels pain and he can die. How is it that he is equal to God? How can he be above the angels? The angels don't get involved with that stuff. God is not involved with that stuff but Jesus surely can't be first place. When I was 18 I went to a conference, a Christian conference in the Midlands. It was a good conference, it was, it was, it was nice. We worshipped, we had some teaching and then everybody went out for dinner. I'd made myself some cheese and pickle sandwiches to try and save money. So I stayed in with a group of friends. We sat round and we ate our sandwiches. And as we ate the sandwiches, this wonderful music began to play. Beautiful it was. I was like, that's a nicer compliment to my cheese and pickle sandwich. And so we just enjoyed the music and it played on for a bit and then everybody came back and the conference kicked off and the guy stood up to start like the afternoon off and he said some people have been quiet as to what CD we were playing during the lunch break. He says, I have to tell you, we played no music, in fact the tech team went out for dinner. There was no music played during the lunch break. We can only say that we think you may have heard angels singing. And I was like, no, it was really good music. Like, it was beautiful. Layers upon layers of singing and like this kind of harmony over the room. It was absolutely beautiful. But if I tell you that I've heard angels, you're probably thinking, not really. Is it true? Or did someone just get hold of the of the of the device and change it? I went to the recording of a, a live worship album once where as we were began to sing, suddenly we began to hear this heavenly tingling. tingling, tingling, tingling and we were like, no way, there's angels in the place. Isn't it beautiful that as we meet to, to listen and to sing, suddenly angels I'm like, wherever I go, I seem to hear angels, and then it turned out it was someone's mobile phone. <laughs> and that was really awkward and so when I talk about angels experiencing angels you're like well maybe what does it matter what does it change if if I was to tell you Jesus is better than the angels you'd be like yeah I'm not bothered Because angels aren't really a factor, it doesn't feel like it's a big deal to us, but to the Jews, angels were like really special. And if you start telling me that Jesus is better than angels, I've got a problem with that. And if I take it one step further and tell you that Jesus, Jesus is better than God, well that's fighting talk. That's serious business. That's like blasphemy on a whole new level. And so th- when this writer to the Hebrews says that Jesus is God, Jesus is the same as God, he's going to have to come up with some big, big like explanation as to what's going on. And he starts for us with this old scripture to, um, a passage from Psalms chapter 8. I believe Kezia might be up for reading it for me. Are you still up for doing that? Read it for us, would you, Kezia? Chapter 8 of Psalms and verse 4 to 6. What some immortals that you should think about them, humans being that you should care for them. Yet yeah, you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honour. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under. Brilliant, thank you Kezia. What the the writer is telling us here is that God had intention for the human race. We are so insignificant, so unimportant, we're bottom of the league when it comes to things that, that exist. We are the worst top trump card in the pack, but yet God cares for us. We just sang it. Who are we that God is mindful of us? Who are we that God would think about us? We are Not just animals created with no purpose, God knows us. God thinks about us. God remembers us. Who am I that I'm I'm mindful, that you are mindful of me, God? That's, That's the way of saying God remembers his people. Let me just say that again. God, the immortal, invisible, the creator and sustainer of all things, thinks about you and me. He's got lots of things he could be spending his time thinking about. But he thinks about you and he thinks about me. And he knows us. And he remembers us. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like God does not really care. God is not mindful of me. But yet the truth of the scripture is that God thinks about me regularly. God remembers me. We are made lower than the angels, but God intends for us to be things of glory and honour. He considers human beings to be important. He had a job for us. An incredible, important one that God gave created beings, us humans, like rule over all the things that he made. We're supposed to look after the planet. He put all things under our feet. That means everything was beneath us. All that he created was to be cared for, controlled and looked after by us. This was God's intention for the things, the people that he made. Do you remember Adam and Eve when they're made and he forms Adam out of the clay and and then he forms Eve out of the rib of Adam and then he gives them these great jobs. He says, take care of the garden. Take care of the, the animals. In fact, you get to name them. How cool would that be? You know, just like random giraffe comes in. What should I call it? I will call it giraffe. You know, like what went through his mind as he's naming the animals. Then it was all going well until the devil tempts him. Until the devil gets them both to eat of the apple and they disobey God in that moment. And in that moment, sin enters the world. And with sin comes decay and brokenness and destruction and death. God's intention for us is spoilt and by sin that turns us away from God's best plan and in that moment we begin to care about other things. We don't care about the things of God and therefore we don't care about each other and we don't care about the planet, we just care about ourselves. Verse 8 of Hebrews chapter 2. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that was not subject to them. Yet at present we do not see everything subject to them. We're supposed to take care of everything. We're supposed to be the bosses of the planet. That was our role from God. But yet because of Adam and Eve and because each of us, generation after generation, since the first people on the planet, we have just added to the mess. More and more mess. And so when I look around, I don't see a world where we are doing a good job of being the boss. We're not doing a good job of of doing the job that God wanted us to do. When I look around, I see brokenness. I see disease, I see earthquakes and famines and extreme weather and terrorists and the Taliban and I see COVID-19 and natural disasters and pollution and migrant boats full of refugees. I see food shortages. It's hard to see that we're doing a good job of it. But the writer has some good news. The writer says but now i see jesus verse 9 it says but but we uh, but we do see jesus who was made lower than the angels for a little while now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by the grace of god we may we might taste he might taste death for everyone our mess has blinded us to god But now we see God. Now we see God in the form of Jesus. Jesus who didn't remain in heaven but came to earth. Jesus who was made like us, made one of us. He too was made lower than the angels in order that he might fix the mess. Jesus joins us in the mess of this world so that he can do some amazing things. He wants to restore us to God, he wants to restore our purpose, he wants to make things right. My favourite passage in the whole of scripture, if you were to ask me, is found in the book of Philippians, chapter 2. Let me just read it to you. It says this, Jesus Christ, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross jesus who is god did not like consider equality didn't want to remain equal to god but was willing to give up being top of the league in order to make his way down the league to the bottom to be with us, he was willing to become nothing. Empty himself is the is the correct term. If you want to get really, really like into your Greek, it's called kenosis, the emptying of God, where he takes himself and he pours himself into human flesh to become like us. And not just any servant, not just any human, but a servant. The word there is slave. Jesus is willing to take himself and make himself not just human, but the lowest of human forms. He could have chosen to be a king, a politician, or a millionaire, but he chooses to make himself nothing, to humble himself to the lowest form, and then he goes lower still. He allows himself to die for us, to be killed upon a cross for us. Our God became man and was willing to die in order to rescue us and restore us. He is amazing and incredible and wonderful and he wants to taste death. So that we never have to taste death. This morning you tasted something good. It's brown and it's chocolatey. You never have to face death. Although you might pass from this life to the next. The death that is talked about here is an eternal death. A death that lasts forever. And Jesus comes to taste that so that you never have to. I just love Jesus. How amazing is he? When we move on into verse 10, Jesus is described as the pioneer of salvation. That's the NIV version. There's many different translations. I don't know what you're looking at this morning. It might say the founder of salvation, the captain of salvation, the originator of salvation. But my favourite of all comes in an old-fashioned text. And it describes Jesus this way. The author of salvation. Salvation. The author of salvation. If there's any name that I love more to describe Jesus, it's this one. The author of salvation. He wrote the rescue plan. He knows us, he's thinking of us, he remembers us, and he writes the story of how he could save us. And what's beautiful about the author of salvation is that he writes himself into the story, like Stanley. In all the Marvel movies you'll find Stan Lee, he will present himself in some form but Jesus, the author of salvation, doesn't just pop in for a cameo. He doesn't give himself a walk-on part. He doesn't give himself a one-liner in order to bring it. He writes himself in to the story of salvation as the main character. And his crowning moment Right at the very centre point of the the story of salvation. The crowning moment comes as Jesus tastes death for you. In fact, it's a moment where he's genuinely crowned. Not crowned with gold, not crowned with some jewel encrusted crown, but crowned with thorns when, when, when the people that kill him press thorns upon his head, dress him as a king and mock him. Not dressed... Truly, as the, as the Prince of Peace that he is but prisoner, mocked, beaten and bruised with a crown of thorns upon his head but this, at the point where he's sentenced to death is his crowning moment this is his greatest achievement and it looks like his greatest failure they said he couldn't be equal to God or greater than the angels because he could die? How can you be equal to God if you can die? But this death is the greatest of all deaths. This death achieves something more powerful than any human, any angel could ever achieve. The salvation of all of us. His death conquers death. His death saves all humanity from eternal death. His death saves us from sin. It puts sin to the, to the end. His death restores our purpose. His death restores us to God. In his death on the cross, he makes us perfect. And the scripture says, in his death, he is made perfect you know what the Jews would have said in his death he was made worse than any of us but in God's eyes and in the eyes of the scriptures his death makes him more glorious more honoured, more amazing, more brilliant more beautiful than any any could ever be he suddenly raises through the ranks from the lowest to the greatest and he stands alongside his father with more glory and honour than I can ever give him He takes back control, he removes the mess, he puts all things under his feet and Jesus in a moment of true and total humiliation is glorified and made amazing in that moment of terrible pain and anguish. The heart of God is displayed for all of us. He remembers us. He thinks about us. He knows us. And now he brings salvation to us. Jesus was made lower than the angels. He was made like us to save us. But Jesus is greater. He is our upside down saviour he became nothing in order to give us everything he dies in order to give us life he's the king born a pauper the most high who's brought low the king of grace brought into disgrace, the king of peace brought into chaos the majesty of heaven born into misery a manger for a bed this creator has no place to lay his head he's the refuge who became the refugee he's the great I am who became a no one the defender became defenseless the immortal became mortal the eternal became temporal the light of the world was overshadowed the deliverer was delivered unto death the everlasting came to an end the Ancient of Days had 33 birthdays, the Sustainer of All was left empty the Abundant One was abandoned, the Glorious One made inglorious, the Strong was made weak, the Holy made unholy, the Judge of all judged by all the Just faced injustice the Truth called the Liar the One who places the Lonely in the Family is forsaken by His Father, the Welcomer despised and rejected, the King of kings wears a crown of thorns the king who reigns not on a throne but on the cross the glorious made notorious the one who uh, sanctified is crucified the author of life is left lifeless the one robed in righteousness now hangs naked on the cross the rescuer who would not be rescued dying for all and dying alone But yet in Philippians, my favourite passage of all times tells us this. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above all names, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and earth and under the earth and every tongue will exclaim and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. bottom of the league he ain't equal with the angels he's equal with God and he is glorious and he is wonderful Jesus is better humbled and humiliated Jesus is made lower in order to, t- to achieve our salvation. And now, now he sits in heaven. And he thinks about us. And he knows us. And he remembers us. And he remembers that he's the author of salvation. He's the one with a salvation plan. And he says, I'm going to make a way. I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to join them to my family. I'm going to call them my brothers. I'm going to welcome them in. In. And as I finish, I just want to say this maybe, maybe when you look around, you still see mess. Maybe when you look around, you still see destruction and death. Maybe when you look at your own lives today, you don't see a God who is a God with a salvation plan, but you just see destruction. And I want to pray for us this morning. That we would see Jesus like the scripture told us